Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. God is the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Say, Jesus, I am here to hear from you. Speak to me and let my life never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus. You are here just for me. I will be blessed as you speak to me. Hallelujah. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Somebody give Jesus a smile. Give one person a high five. And tell the person, I am ready, 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 ready. And the person asks you what, are you ready for us all? The person, I am ready to be rich. I am ready to prosper. I am ready to change levels. Give the Lord a shout of praise. And celebrate him here. Can you take a seat in the presence of the Lord? And listen to me, I am training you for Abrutia upon Tinsu. Ah, hallelujah. So if you are here and you are feeling, I'm going to be realized that gradually you are getting used to it. That is how America will be for you. That is how Germany will be for you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, the truth is that this one we don't have the remote, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we give God all the praise. We give Him all the glory. The most important thing is to open up our spirits to receive from God. The Bible says that He sent His word and He delivered them from all their oppressions. Oppressions are talking about things that bring suppression, that bring sickness, that bring affliction into our lives. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about healing the sick and all that were oppressed of the devil. God does not bring oppression, He delivers from oppression. Hallelujah. And how does He bring His deliverance? One of the major channels is His word. There is an oppression of poverty that has been going on in the body of Christ and in the church, and it has been continuing for so long. And God is looking and ra- looking for and raising a generation that will break the narrative, that will break the oppression and change the narrative. I pray that you be a participator in this generation. I pray that you will not lift up those old torches of poverty in the church, but you raise up the new revelation that God is giving us in this age. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ. So God wants us to do well financially. Psalm 35, verse number 27, the Bible says that they should shout aloud and be glad. They should shout for joy and be glad. Those who favor his righteous cause, his righteous cause, because he said that he, the Lord, he delights 
very aware that he wants you to do well. And he wants you to do well. It includes your finances. It includes your finances. The Bible has so much to say about money. The Bible has so much to say about finances. If I were to study the teachings of Jesus, you realize that more than 50% of the time, the example that he used to relate to finances, money, materials, material, uh, material things, uh, um, businesses, he uses them as illustrations. Why? Because, you see, Jesus is very much in touch with reality. Jesus very much in touch with reality. He realized that the needs of the people, largely they were dependent on finances. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, when he wanted to emphasize a principle in verse number 33, that seeks first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, right from verse number 15, he begins to talk about the needs of men. In fact, the whole chapter, he relates a lot with the things that man needs. Even when he taught them to pray, he said that they should pray in this way. Give us this day our daily bread. So there are things Jesus taught as our material needs or our finances or things that help our upkeep were relevant. And if they were relevant enough for Jesus to teach about them, then they, were, they are relevant enough for us to learn about them. How is that? And you see, the issue is that the devil has us as, as, pushed a lot of the church into a stupor of religion and a stupor of non-reality. And so when we come to church, everybody thinks that all that God is interested in is in our spiritual prosperity. God wants us to speak more tongues. God wants us to win more souls. God wants us to read more of the Bible. God wants us to get some deep spiritual revelation. All of that is true. All of that is true. But God also wants us to dress well. I said God also wants us to dress well. When he was speaking about the, the clothing of the people, he said that even Solomon, Solomon was dressed more than all the other things. He used the good examples to refer to what he wants us to get to. He wants us to get. He did not use bad examples of poor people. No, he used good examples of people whom God has prospered and God has blessed. Meaning God wants his children to do well. He wants the children to do well. In fact, it got to a time when he went to a city and they needed him to pay taxes. He did not run away from taxes. He said, I know, go and supernaturally, my father will supply you with money and use that money to go and pay the taxes. So Jesus was comfortable. He was comfortable enough to even employ the services of a thieving accountant. Oh, I said a thieving accountant. Hallelujah. An accountant who a, a keeper of his money bag who will be taking some from it. The Bible Jesus knew that he was taking some. <laughs> but he did not he did not he was not bothered because you see his supply system was it cannot cannot go into recession. His supply can never go down. I said his supply can never go down. And we are born of him. So what happened to Jesus can happen to us. You see, it can happen to us. But how many of us can believe this? How many of us can believe God for our finances? Glory to Jesus Christ. Like, you see, uh, Abigail was sitting in a particular chair, and she stepped out, and when she came back, somebody had sat in the chair, but she's not fighting over the chair, because the abundance of chairs. <laughs> Glory to God. That's how God is going to make somebody over here. You see, some little things will not stress you anymore. I know some little things will not stress you anymore. 
I know that day about, I heard about, was it Elon Musk or something? He had a business and then overnight there was something that happened in the stock, uh, in the stock trade, blah, 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 Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. And then he lost $4 billion overnight, over 24 hours. And I was like, hey, this man is going to die of shock. The man was not dying of shock. <laughs> it was not that because where the thing, where, where, from the purpose from which that $4 billion was taken, there were other many, many, many billions over there. Are you understanding me? God wants us to get to that place of rest where there's no struggle. That is why the Bible tells us in Second Corinthians chapter number 8, the verse number 9, the Bible says that for God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And if you look at grace, it doesn't make it in small portions, abound. He is able to make all grace abound. God is about abound, abundance. It's abundance, but I want you to understand something. That's why I'm saying abundance. So he abounds and it's in abundance. Are we together? Before somebody comes to say that my school is, but you know my school too very well. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Is the other ladies when you give birth, let your children go to my school. And all the men when you <laughs> also give birth, let your children go to my school. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Don't worry. But maybe by that time would have started at Ubacama School. Don't worry. From that time, I would denounce my school and then we would start talking about Ubacama School. <laughs> Glory to the name of the Lord. Is the junior that wants her children come to Ubacama School? So she's going. I said, let your children come to our school. Um, man. <laughs> Glory to the name of the Lord. So we've been speaking about kingdom finances. Everybody, listen to you. Everybody is taken care of by the kingdom or by the house that they come from. By the kingdom or by the house that they come from. Ghana and Ghanaians, if our government is responsible, the acts of the government should lead to our sustenance, should lead to our abundance, should lead to our prosperity. That is what the government actually is for. If the government is not functioning in that way, it is a, a dysfunctional government. It's a government that is not taking care of its people well. A good king is one that the people prosper in his hands. That is why the Bible says that when the king is evil, there is a lot of folly, and the people are always in pain, and the people are always full of carefulness. But when there's one that gives, one that releases, the Bible says the people bless him and the people rejoice. The people rejoice. In fact, when you study about kingdoms and you study the Bible about good kings and bad kings, bad kings are those who oppress their people. Glory to Jesus Christ. And God is not a bad king. He's a good king. Hallelujah. I say he's a good king. The Bible says that when we became born again, we were shifted. We were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are now in a new kingdom. And that kingdom is supposed to take care of us. Are we together? Except you don't believe that you are born again. This is your own name means uh, you are woke for an hour or you have received salvation or you don't believe that you are born again. And that is the problem. Many people are working and they say they are Christians, but they've not understood that what Christianity means. And these are the people when uh, they are, there is uh, oppression, they will lose their faith. They will lose their faith. Jesus said, a sower went out to sow. And when he sowed seed, there were four different soils that the seed fell upon. And one of the particular soils, the second soil, he said that when the sun arose, it dried out the, 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 the plants that started growing. And in interpretation, he said that there are those who receive the word with gladness. 
But when oppression, uh, persecution came as a result of the gospel, they gave up on the gospel. And there are Christians who are like that. There are Christians who are like that. You need to ask yourself, what category of Christian am I? What kind of child of God am I? Am I the one who will give up when there is oppression? Or I am the one who truly believes and whether, to, whether I will die for it or not, I'm so ready to go with Jesus. I'm so ready to go with Jesus. I'm so ready to go with the church. I still believe in good times and bad times. Paul said for me to live is what? Christ. To die is gain. Do you know what gain means? Profit. Benefit. What are the accountants over here? What does gain mean? Huh? What does gain mean? Huh? What? Gain, gain, gain. What are the uh, sound engineers? What does gain mean? Huh? Gain. You know what gain is? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Who else is this gain? The hairdressers. Do you use gain? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. The keyboardists. Do you use gain? <laughs> Hallelujah. Gain means advancement, progress, increase. And it says to die. The man is not afraid of death. He's not afraid of death. And you must get to the point in your Christianity where your heart is established in God and in the kingdom of God. And we are part of that, that kingdom. And if we know we are part of that kingdom, we should know our king. Who is our king? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is not dead. When I say Jesus is God, he's, hey, I didn't say Jesus is dead. I say he's not dead. Brother. Amen. If your Jesus is dead, you are not in this church. Hallelujah. He is alive. Someone say he's alive. And he's, uh, he's very well. He's doing very well. Hallelujah. In fact, he said, I should bring his Christians. <laughs> he's alive and well. Hallelujah. If he's alive and well, then he's actually functional. And if he's functional, one of the areas he wants to take care of us is in our finances. So he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things that the others are laboring for and are worried about and are not having a sleepless night over. He said, they will be added to you. Who added to you? His kingdom will add it to you. His messengers will add it to you. Look at that. The Bible talks about prophet Elijah. The man in here, you must understand God. The man went to prophesy about famine, and then he went to hide behind a creek, and then God was supplying him. Smart man. God was supplying even in the midst of the famine. There were no rains, there was drought everywhere. He brought that famine, but he didn't suffer from that famine. Supernaturally, the Bible said ravens were supplied to him. Ravens, you know ravens or ravens are. When you say they were ravens, you realize that they are, they are, they are most, one of the most selfish of birds. Is that when they get meat and their own kind want to eat with them, they'll start fighting them. They take advantage of uh, death situations, scavenge and keep to themselves. Yet, oh God, God wanted to show that there's nothing impossible with him. So he chose the worst kind of messengers and said that even the worst kind of messengers can serve me. So some of the politicians that we are, we are, we are, we are, we are talking about them, God can use some of them and use them to come and take care of you. Are you understanding me? God can use any means at anybody. He can use a Muslim. He can use a Buddhist. He can use an occult. He can use an animal. He can use an ant. He can use a stone. He can use anything to take care of us. When we talk about the supply of God, it is not. It does not have to fit with your understanding. If, if, if even Satan knows, he says, 
having Satan knows that God's ability to supply is without limitation. Somebody will get to the house and you will lift a book and there will be money over there. Somebody that only knows the way you can There is some 50 Ghana, 100 Ghana line over there. Somebody you are going to put your hand into the pocket of one of your clothes. I just saw angels depositing some money over there. Receive it now. Because God can use anything to take care of his children. In fact, when they go to a time when there was no, there was no, they, they, they didn't even know how to hunt. The bears themselves were coming to lie down and were lying on top of each other. They come and carry us, come and eat me, eat me. Now they were, they were fighting. I came first, let me eat me first. Hey, the quails. They came, the Bowser, they were landing one upon the other. The Bowser, they were on top of each other to about somewhere near level, one quail after the other. The ay, 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 that is abandoned. The Bowser, when God supplied the children of Israel with manna, they, in a day they could not exhaust the amount of manna that God made available. They could gather and gather and gather, so he told them that they think it is too much, so just gather what you need for the day. Because you never finish gathering what is left. Oh my God. More than you can carry. I said more than you can carry. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You are concerned about your school fees, but three people are going to clash just to pay your school fees. Receive it now. Receive it now. Why? Because God is your supply. When God is your supply, He can use any means, anybody, anything to take care of you. Receive it. Your boss is going to start taking care of you. I say your boss is going to start taking care of you. Oh, there's one brother of mine sometimes when I hear the testimonies, it shocks me. Even former bosses are sending money to her. Former bosses. It's not her current. <laughs> you see, she has unlocked a certain supply system. A certain supply system. Recently, a certain former boss sent 7,000, 8,000 Ghana Just take it and do whatever he wants with it. What are you talking about? You see, because you are not even getting 50 Ghana so you are saying that the thing doesn't work. It works. I said it works. I said it works. Instead of disbelieving it, why don't you learn how it works for her so that you can also let it work for you? Are we together? We are in the same church. No, nobody is in any bigger church than anybody. We are in the same church, so which we must always experience something. Are, are we together? Hmm. Glory to Jesus Christ. One day I needed money. And I needed money to pay some, settle some fees and other issues. Uh, and I, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the means. My goodness, I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. I don't beg. I don't borrow. If I've come to borrow from anybody, please come and tell me. Lift, lift up your hand. I'll come to ask you that send me your money. Send me money. I need it. Have I asked you for your money? 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 Glory to Jesus Christ. No. Do you know why? Because I have learned that this covenant cannot be broken. This covenant is strong enough to take care of me. And so I started, like, Lord, I started commanding money to come. I started commanding money to come. Ah, all of a sudden, uh, I think I was going to minister somewhere. And then one of my daughters called me, that Papa, I need some help to settle my fees. Sharp, 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 sharp. Because we are writing some mid-term semester examinations. And so if I don't pay, I will not be able to write the exam. I've not even been registered for the, for the semester. 
I said, ah, this is God calling. This is God calling. I needed about 2,000 plus. He needed just about 400, 500 Ghana cities. And that was the last one that was on me. So I moment it was sharp, sharp, sharp. My goodness. Glory to Jesus Christ. Listen, in less than three days, God has given me 3,000 Ghana cities. You see, I've been teaching principles, but for the, from now to the end of the, I'll be now sharing testimonies with you. I'll be sharing testimonies with you so that your faith will be activated. So it will tell you that go back to the principles that we are teaching and begin to function by them. Begin to work them. Listen, nothing is automatic in the kingdom. And behind anything that is working in the kingdom, there's a man at work. Anything that is working in the kingdom, if you see somebody prospering in the kingdom, you see somebody doing well in the kingdom, go and look at what they are doing in the secrets. You see any system doing very well, any church doing very well, any, any man or any woman doing very well, there are things that they are doing. Nothing is automatic. They must be worked. Even miracles, we have something called working of miracles. Working on Jesus work miracles. They were not by chance. We need to know the principles by which we can activate the divine, um, uh, the divine availabilities for our lives. What the things that God has made, has made available. Glory to Jesus Christ. And so we started by talking about how obedience activates the blessing. And obedience is very, very necessary. Obedience is very necessary. There was a man who became born again somewhere in the United States of America. And the man became a millionaire. He became a millionaire in about two to three years after being born again. And so one day he was being interviewed and he was asked, how did he become so successful in such a short time? He said, I am always listening to God. When I became born again, they told me that God speaks to us. And so I had $100. And so anytime I want to invest the money that I have, I go and I wait for the Lord, for the inward witness. If God says, yes, invest here, I'll do it wholeheartedly. But even if the, 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 the deal looks so good, and God, I get the check in my spirit that don't go here, I will never go in. If you come to me with a business deal, no matter your proposal, no matter your pre- presentation, if I don't have a word from God, I'll ask for at least two days, and the two days, you know what he's going to do? Fast and pray. He will lock himself in a room, fast and pray, meditate on the word, waiting for that, that check in his spirit, where God is saying, either go or don't go. If he gets a no, he will no matter what, if he to give him millions, he will never go in. And that is how he became successful. Obedience can make you prosperous. Obedience can make you rich. Obedience can change your level. If you agree with this, give a clap of ring to the Lord. Because, because you clap first, the angels of first blessings have come to you. And God is going to honor your faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus. And so we went on to talk about the, uh, the kingdom prosperity and how prosperous our kingdom is. And we realized that there are two realms of living. Just enough where God can give you just enough for your dignity. It is also from God. It is also from God, because God is the Father. He will take care of us just enough for our, for our dignity. Look at the, the, the parable of the two sons, one prodigal, one, one ignorant. And the Bible tells us that for the prodigal son, he knew his rights, he took advantage of his rights, and he got the abundance from his father. But the other one, the older one, who was supposed to have known more, was religious. And so he, he got in his father's made and sure that he had a house to live in. He had close to work, but he never flowed in the abundance. 
he never overflowed into the abundance. Why? Because he did not understand what, how the covenant was supposed to work for him. And so we have those whom God will give you just enough to receive from God. These as this day are delivered. And I told you the response was hard work and to prayer. But there's a realm of more than enough, which is a realm where God wants us to pray in, where everything is in the overflow. If you want one bread, you have ten options to choose from. You want one car, you have ten options to choose from. You want one, ha- one house, you have several options to choose from. It is the realm of the overflow, and that is where our journey of faith is supposed to take us to. That is where God wants everyone of us to rise into. Look, God starts little by little, but He does not want you to end little. He doesn't want you to end or remain little. He wants you to keep growing. If we understood this, you realize that every month we'll keep making progress in our finances. We'll keep making progress in every area of our lives. No matter the condition of our life. No matter the work that we are doing. Even if we are being paid a salary of 1,000 Ghana cities, God can still prosper us beyond 1,000 Ghana cities. Haven't you heard about even people who work for people and they are richer than their bosses? God is able to do that. God is able to do that. You are not limited by the systems of this world. Refuse to be limited. Now begin to pray by a higher knowledge. Begin to pray by a higher principle of life. Look, whilst others were sitting on their horseback and running to and, run, and galloping to Jezreel, God, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he also got to Jezreel by, by a different means. By a different means. Look at the Ethiopian eunuch. He was struggling. And he was sitting in his, uh, in his, uh, he was sitting in his, uh, uh, what, how do you call that thing? Chariots, uh, with a cart at the back. But some way, some of Philip also struggled, but he also used a different means, supernatural means. So, there are different ways of prospering. There's the natural one, and then there's the supernatural one. And when we talk about kingdom prosperity, we are talking about supernatural prosperity. That one will not give you principles of Jimpa. But if you save 10%, save 20%, save 30%, you do all. There is a principle in the Bible called the principle of savings. Savings was not taught by the bank. Savings was taught by the Bible. So there's a principle of savings. But there's also a principle of abundance. If you study the Bible, the principle of savings actually gives us a certain base rate so that we can survive. So that we can survive. If you study, uh, you learn that from the story of Joseph, where he told Pharaoh that they need to save 20%. And the reason why they were saving 20% was not because they wanted to increase. It was for survival. It was for survival. Are we together? So savings is good. It will help you to survive. And when you begin to grow into the way of faith, you realize that sometimes you have to save so that you can give. And it even makes sense in, in investments. When you are saving, some of you, 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 you have a dream of a business that you want to start, but you don't have the capital. What you need to do is to work for another person, and the person will pay you, and out of what the person is paying you, you are saving a portion. Save enough so you can start your own business. I see many young people don't know how to save. And so if God gave them 10 years for them to work for somebody, after the 10 years, they don't have what they should have saved to start their own businesses. So they continue another 10 years working for another person. Unfortunately, they are foolish enough not to learn the lesson from the 10 years. After 20 years, they still have nothing to go by. And then they come and complain that I've worked here all my life, and you, you want to educate how I'm living. If their company is building houses for every worker, do you think the company will survive? It looks like some of you are here. Because the way you are looking at me, 
a loser. That's what you're expecting. Don't think your prosperity is dependent on anybody. It is your own personal responsibility. And so God teaches us about covenants. That the kingdom prosperity is a covenant. And so there's a covenant of prosperity. And I shared with you from the scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18. It said that you will remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth. Why? So that he may establish the covenant which he swore unto thy father as it is even to this day. He swore to your father, but it is so even to this day. So the covenant which he swore is still in effect. Which father was he talking about? Father Abraham. And so every blessing of kingdom prosperity is connected to Abrahamic blessings. Abrahamic blessings are activated by covenants. Uh, covenants. And the principle even preceded Abraham. And so we read from Genesis chapter number 8. Noah, Noah was in existence before Abraham. How many of us know that? So Noah existed before Abraham. But the blessing that Abraham inherited, it was a blessing of the earth. And so it was beyond Abraham. That is why Abraham, even Titan, did not mean Abraham was the initiator of Titan. It was a spiritual principle. It was a spiritual principle. Genesis 8, you read from the verse number 22 to the verse number 22. He said that as long as the earth remained, there shall be seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. What was he establishing? The terms of the covenant. And so in later scriptures, Isaiah will speak about it. Paul will speak about it. That God will send rain and will give seed. Why will he send rain and seed? Why will he give rain and seed? Why? Because harvest is the vision of God. Harvest is the vision of God. When you have seed and you have rain to come upon the seed, the most obvious outcome is the harvest. So in God's past in the covenant, he makes the harvest available. The harvest is our abundance, but the harvest is activated by two principles which God makes available. The principle of rain. And in the rain, you realize that every seed has its rain. In that way, you said ancient Israel, there were two major seasons of rain, the former rains and the latter rains. That means that God doesn't want to bless you once. He wants to bless you multiple times. He wants to prosper you over and over and over and over again. And in certain situations, he will even put the former and the latter rains together and give it to you. Why? He wants your harvest to increase. Your harvest to increase. When Savior chapter number 2, you read from the verse number 23 to the verse number 26, you see God's restoration agenda, and it's talking about a place where they are going to, their bounds are going to overflow with abundance. God supplying them. He said, I'll restore you, I'll give you the former and the latter race together, and he said, your grave is going to be so much, so everywhere on your ground, you see it over there. Abundance, overflow, supply. That is how God operates. But how is it activated? By the covenant. And so yesterday we got, we ended on talking about the terms of the covenant. And I told you that in a covenant, there's a covenanter and a covenantee. There's a higher, a higher participator and there's a lower participator. The higher one promises protection, supply, prosperity to the lower one or to the lower king or to the lower, uh, uh, partaker in the covenant and the lower one also promises loyalty obedience and availability and support to the higher one and so you realize that the terms of the covenant is that he is supposed to be obedient number one and he look at the principle of kings they are supposed to tax to the higher one 
So when we talk about tithing, it's a form of taxation. When a, an individual doesn't tax in, a, in a, a nation, they jail that person because you have broken the terms of the covenant that the government has with you. And so it's as though you are cheating everybody. I hope I'm able to get into this because when you study even uh, Paul's demands to the church in Corinth, he said that nobody gave over and nobody gets got under. Those who had more did not have too much, and those who had less did not have too little. There's a principle of balancing. That is why if you as you begin to grow in the covenant, you realize that you see not all of us will have the same requirements. That's why when we are tight, not everybody pays the same tight. You see, too more is given, more is required. Too much is given, much is required. And so if the covenant will bless you, you must understand the dictates of the covenant and flow accordingly and function accordingly. The giving principle can never be sidetracked. It can never be sidetracked. It gives you seed. What is the seed that gives you? Your life is a seed. Your strength is a seed. Your time is a seed. The resources it makes available to you, they are all seeds. They are all seeds. So everything that God gives you, He gives you in two forms. One, admit what you can enjoy. And then within that also, there is a seed. You know why some people are so struggling when in the eyes of God they shouldn't be struggling. When God gave them the seed, the seed looked nice. Oh, they chop them. Oh, they chop them. Even the seed, the seed that they, they no even science has not discovered that this seed is no food. You know when we have maize, maize is both a seed and a fruit. Uh, come, come on, is maize a seed or a fruit? This argument of biology has so not finished. We have been arguing things since, since. <laughs> glory to Jesus Christ. So as for them, maybe you can say that today I consider uh, some of them the mango seed. They still say that the seed is a fruit and the chop up. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, coconut is it a seed or a fruit? Kubensu. <laughs> uh, they have done kubensu with their seed, <laughs> and now the seed is in their stomach. Glory to Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that God gives seed. And so the giving principle tells us that with everything that God gives you, there's a portion that you have to give away. There's a portion that must not remain with you. When it remains with you, it becomes a curse. Look, something becoming a curse to you doesn't mean that God has cursed you. So those who say that God will curse you when you don't tithe, they are also wrong. Because God will never curse us. But we can inherit a curse. Because in this act, he told us, I put two things before your life and the blessing and curses. It is all in the earth. That's why he told us, as long as the earth remains, see time and heaven. There are things in the earth. Because I've noticed something under the sun. He was talking about things in the earth. Things in the earth. So in this same earth, people are living long. And in this same earth, people are not living long. In this same earth, people are prospering. In this same earth, people are not prospering. So everything is in the earth over here. Everything is in the earth over here. Now, your knowledge and your insight, your revelation of the principle is what will cause you to either abound or abase. Whether you move forward or you reverse. Jesus taught us Luke 6, 38. He said, give and it shall be given to you. Why didn't he just say that it shall be given to you? He preceded the, the return by something that must leave you. 
something must leave you. Why? Because God has given you everything that you need. But there's a part that you must give out. There's a part that you must give out. It is a curse to be stingy. It is a curse to always want to hold on. But you see, a truly blessed person is a liberal. He said, the liberal soul shall be made fat. The liberal soul. And it's not just talking about the liberal hands. Let's not take that. The liberal soul. Because you see, when giving is just from your hand, it may not work. It must come from your soul. It must come from your soul. It must be something that leaves your spirit. When it leaves your spirit, and it is manifested by express through the living of your hands, then the blessing of heaven is released. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So there's a covenant and a covenant seed. We are today what we are talking about are the principles to activate the covenant of prosperity. Now, I've not been announcing my topic because sometimes I get into the topic before I, I do some of those modalities. Listen, without a seed, there's no harvest. Without a seed, there's no harvest. Tomorrow I'm going to major on seed faith. I'm going to talk more in detail about seed faith. Because you need to know how it works. Are we together? You need to know how it works. If you have a key, the door will obey you. Whether you are black, white, tall, short, fat, slim, 100 years, 5 years, it doesn't matter. You can have somebody who has been in church for 20 years and will never see God's overflowing blessings. But somebody is here for 6 months and the person will start seeing changes in their lives. Why? Because the 20 years person is so dull, is so dull of hearing. The person never gets the keys. You know the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom are not just, uh, it's not an anointing. You know. The keys of the kingdom are, is knowledge. It's knowledge. Whenever God wants to give you a key, He brings you information. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every information, every knowledge that proceeded out of the mouth of God. When you woke up this morning, whilst you were thanking God for the gift of life, you should have been asking, Father, what is the knowledge I need to know for today? What is the knowledge I need to know for today? If we have, if we must start this way of thinking, every day, Lord, what is fresh in heaven? What is heaven doing now? What is heaven saying now? How is my life in my aeon, in my world, supposed to be expressed? Other than that, you're going to use manner of yesterday to try to take care of today. And manner of yesterday is not for today. It will turn me to my guts. It will turn me to my guts. I remember when I was in the uh, university as a prayer secretary, I was anointing Papa, my goodness. And whenever I am ministering, there's a song that whenever I sing, my God, within five minutes, all I would say, child, is that people start falling down like leaves. Power and might belongs to our God forever and ever. In those days, my voice was not as smooth as it is today, you know. Please, it's open the door. I'm leaving the church. <laughs> My God. And all of a sudden, I'm going to fall in the place. I was like, and those days, so those who are with me from far back, you said I used to wear traditional clothes and look a lot. When I wear suit and tie, I know it doesn't flow. But when I wear my traditional, oh my God, hey, like the way our brother, I forgot your name, what was the name? Derek, Derek. So it was something like this, my God, when I wear it, I don't know whether, how many of you are from back in the days? 
I
is it when you have wicked girls for the thing and they will leave you there to see how you desire. They are looking at my face as well. <laughs> and you don't worry. Where the prayer warriors will do that prayer. What do you think? Sakapalati. Leave this thing in people alone. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So Abraham gave. Abraham gave several times again. Isaac gave. Jacob gave. Look at David. Second Samuel chapter number 24. The Bible says Satan attempted uh, David and he went to count the people. When God had told him that, don't count the people. Why? Because I want my, my people to be like a city without walls. So when you count them, it's as though you are trying to put a number to them, but I, have, I want them to be numberless. The Bible says God got angry. And the Bible says God came to give him options. Can give him options. The, the long and short is that a plague broke out, and the plague started killing the people from one side of the nation and was moving and moving and moving. David was broken in his heart, and then the, the, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, "What's the name of that place? Um, the field, Aronis field." The Bible says the plague stopped. The prophet came to David and said, "Are you know your God?" He responds to sacrifice. He says, I want to show you mercy because your heart is broken. What do you do? God says, I want to stop the plague. I want to stop the curse. But if God's desire to stop the curse will not stop the curse. It is your action that will cause the covenant to work. So I told you that the blessing is first by grace. Our redemption brings a blessing. But then that blessing is potential. Manifestation is by obedience. The principle that I taught you from the one, you see me relating to it all through. Relating with it all through. Because I am building the matter systematically. If anybody is following me, you realize that you are going upstairs. But if you are just sitting around, you will not even know where we are. Glory to Jesus Christ. So David ran. He went to Aronis field. Second Samuel chapter 24. Let's read from the verse number 22 quickly. 22 to 25. Let's move with his. And Arona said to David, so Arona saw his king and said, oh my king, what, is, what are you saying here? I'm here to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord because of this. So Arona said unto David, let my lord the king take and offer up what seemed good unto him. So he said, I'm giving everything to you for free. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing, and threshing instruments and other instruments of oxen for wood. So the guy was giving everything. So this is miracle supply. I wish, I wish together. This is miracle supply. May God cause you to meet people who will give you your miracle supply before the end of this week. Look at the verse 23. All these things did Arona as a king give unto the king. And the Bible says, and Arona said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. Let's go on. But look at what David said. And the king said to Arona, nay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, nay. Nay. He said, nay. <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> but he said, I will surely buy it of thee as a price. Oh, my God. I don't know whether somebody's catching a revelation over here. He said, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God, of that which does cost me nothing. I will not give the Lord anything that costs me nothing. Look, this was an emergency situation. Listen, this is how 
you to think. Whenever there's an emergency in your life, you need something to stop. You see an, an, an affliction continuing your life. You see an oppression. You see Satan ravaging your home. What do you do? Your prayer is not working. Your fasting is not working. Listen, there's something that God responds to. I will not give God anything that costs me nothing. And the Bible says, so David, he bought the dressing floor and the oxen of 50 shackles of silver. Look at his attitude. He insisted on buying the dressing floor and buying the oxen. When he, you know, that, that dressing floor was not his. He went to get something to give to the Lord. Somebody said, ask for me, God knows I don't have anything to give. Everybody has something to give. And if you have nothing to give, you are dead. The most, the most dangerous way to live is to live without a seed. That's why I told you that when you rise to a certain place, you realize that your savings are supposed to give you something. So that when a day comes, and you need to negotiate over your life, you need to give a ransom for your life, a ransom for your family, you should have something to give. A ransom. When you are saving, it should not just be because, oh, for my birth, so that I will travel to uh, Bahamas. <laughs> they be in the middle of the plane, in the, of the flight. And then the plane, they are saying, but people, and the engine is failing. What will you have to negotiate? I believe I can fly. <laughs> Go ahead, try. You will not even get to the ground. Then you realize that that was their gospel song at all. <laughs> Continue. Continue. <laughs> but angels are you don't charge money. You don't go. You don't go to. You don't go to. Leave uh, you to jump. Just come my container over here. <laughs> Hallelujah. He bought the field. Because he knew, he knew the thing, this is how it worked. The man insisted on buying. Look at the attitude, the willingness, his insistence on sacrificing. When you get to a certain place and your heart is resolute in the covenant, you know that this is the only way. You don't look for any other ways. There are some people, whenever God is asking us to make a sacrifice, they are looking for reasons why this does not apply to them. They are looking for reasons, explaining their blessing away. Explaining the deliverance of their family away. Now, the amazing thing about the giving covenant is that it is only financial blessing that it brings you. It touches so many areas. I'll, I hope I'll get time to go into it because this thing I can teach you for a month. Every single day I have something new to tell you. Because it is a whole doctrine on its own. He knew that the only way to deal with the curse was to activate the covenant through sacrifice. Now, listen, when we are telling you, listen, when you realize that poverty is a problem, keep giving and giving and giving till you break the back of poverty. Me, I've been in luck before. I've been in luck before. I've had to lie down on my back and open my mouth and swallow air and believe that by miracle the air will touch something in my stomach. KJC, first year, university. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't look at me today and think that ah, I've had glory days all my life. Mother, 
Hey, so, is why I said the master, you can say, hey, that guy is gangster day inside. <laughs> mm, I've been in last before. I've won, I've won, I've won trousers and the back was torn and that was what I was going for. A hand deep over service with. The shoe that I was wearing, there were holes in the front of the shoe. My proud loafers. I want underwear and the elastic on the underwear is totally gone. Hey! To the point that I had to tuck in on the things that were not supposed to tuck in. And you see the sad part is, the, 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 the most humiliating part is, somebody went to see, see it and said, it looks as though you have tucked in. So you have to silence that liar. You have to silence that liar. It was then my heart was broken. I'm telling you. Maybe one of these is now I've gotten bolder so I can come and show you the pictures because I was hiding those pictures because my, I, it was my, it, I was terrified. It means that not a fairy. It's an English word. Hey, hey. I'm telling you. And it's not as though it was only the shoe. The shoe that I was wearing was borrowed. The tie that I was wearing, colorful tie, it was borrowed. The one I borrowed from is uh, a minister in Mount Zion Methodist Church right now. He's a, he's a bishop or something right now. I borrowed it. I borrowed it. Are you understanding me? So if I'm, 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 I'm passionate about this subject, it is because I know it works. I started sacrificing in the middle of my luck. As a university student who was not receiving enough, there were handouts, textbooks I've never seen before. All my colleagues had it. I couldn't get it. I couldn't afford to buy it. Them, it should have meant one. Them, there were a number, almost every subject. There were textbooks I couldn't buy. Whilst people bought Ulami from second year, first year. Me, it was only third year. Oh, I think it was the final year that I managed to get Ulami from a physical chemistry textbook. So when I'm talking about this, please, don't be there emphasizing me and telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. What I'm had to survive, many of you didn't have to, you are, you are not surviving it. I didn't have anybody who came to usher me from time to time. If I received anything from anybody, it was by miracle. It was by miracle. I had nobody to ask. I was not trained to ask people for things. So, it meant that in the suffering, no, I'm suffering indeed. Because, you know, some of, some of you can borrow a lot. Some of you, you guys, they are sitting here, or they, or they can't. Maybe hey! they you are, you are, it is very easy for you to ask, hello. Even sometimes you, you the, if I had that heart, I would have been borrowing. But unfortunately, or rather fortunately, I should say, I didn't have that kind of heart. I come and say that, oh, give me two cities. Uh, when my parents send me money, I was give to you. I didn't know how to do it. But you know what? I was enjoying life. I was going about doing my prayer meeting. I was, I was the prayer secretary by then. So it wasn't as though I was an unbeliever. I was more anointed than anybody around. Anointed poor man. 
anoint that poor man. I remember one day I want to pray for people in a prayer meeting. I said, anybody you know you don't have what you eat after this prayer meeting, lift up your hand, let me pray for you. And I poured out my heart and prayed for them. That God is going to give you a miracle when the prayer meeting closed and everybody had come to consult you and then it started. I was like, how am I going to eat? That's why I remember that I didn't have anything in my pocket, nothing in the room as well. But somehow, somehow, by the time I go to the room, I have two packs of check check. So, so if I tell you that anything I've got, I have to get by miracle. By miracle. And I, 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 when I was praying, I didn't know I was part of the prayer. And I prophesied that by 24 hours, yes, the Lord, you'll be richer than you are today. And they said, Amen. Me, I didn't know I was part. And you know that, I mean, anything. Within 24 hours. Within 24 hours, somebody who was a tenant in my father's house years back, he had come to Kumasi and said, Junior, that's what he's called. He says, Pastor Junior, because he knew I was doing the work of God, the Lord, so they used to call me Pastor even by then. How are you? Oh, meet me at the Kumasi airport. I said, Oh, man, uh, uh, oh. He said, Oh, I'm in hurry, I'm in hurry, take this. That's the first time I've seen them. 100 Ghana flag. And that is 100 Ghana, how many years ago? 2000 and 2009, 2000, 2000, 2000, what are you talking about? That's my miracle. Right there. Yeah. My God. Hey, the value wasn't the same. What's 100 Ghana like this? Hey, for the first time, I take taxi from the airport back to school.
have a powerful church. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Maybe going, tomorrow we are going to go into some of those breakdowns, nitty gritties. But today, I want to end over there some, somewhere. So we have the first fruits. We have the tithe. We have free will offerings. We have what we call seed offerings. And now we have the breakthrough seeds. Of precious seeds. There are also another kind of giving. We have vows. We have kingdom projects, kingdom advancements, partnership seeds. We have prophet seeds. We have prophetic seeds. All of these are kinds of seeds which activate the covenant. Which they have their own kinds of rain. Just that I told you every seed has its own rain. Every seed has its own rain. When the Bible talks about the former and the latter rains, you see, as I was studying some time ago, I realized that, you see, the harvest, the various harvests are not the same harvest too. Israel had about three or four different kinds of harvests, and there were different kinds of crops. So somebody said, oh, I forgot to sow my maize in January. I'll wait for the June rain. No, the June rain is not for the maize. It's not for the maize. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Is somebody let me something here? Hmm. Why is it that, you know, so some, some people go and give and they don't, they don't see any results. Sometimes it's because we are sowing the wrong thing at, with a, with a, with a, in a different rain. In a different rain. In a different rain. So that rain will not service that seed. That's why I say, I'm saying that in your wisdom is to know what you are supposed to give. Your wisdom is to know what you are supposed to give away. Your wisdom is, supp- is to know the ones that don't belong to you. So that you can take advantage of what God has made available for you. All that kind of blessed giving that attracts divine supply. We have given to parents, which will bring patriar- what we call patriarchal blessings. We have given to widows and orphans. We are giving to those who are in need. All of these things also attract the blessings of the Lord. And also, other givings where you give as directed by the Spirit. So, you realize that you see somebody who is driving a Mercedes Benz and both of them are going to give him. Say, ah, ah, wait, oh, yeah. No. It's not about what the person needs, it's about what you need. God was saying God of Elijah, right? So, why did he need the, the widow to give to him? It was not about what Elijah needed. It was what about what the widow needed. Not the widow needed. What the widow needed. Prempe <laughs> 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 is green. Swedro is green. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. But I'm ending tonight on the greatest seed of all. The greatest seed of all is the seed of your heart. The seed of your heart. In fact, without the seed of your heart, all the other seeds, they don't work. The reason why David could see the manifestation of grace was because his heart was already given to the Lord. His heart was already given to the Lord. So anytime he gives physically, it begins to work. It's the seed of your heart. The land of more than enough operates on the principle of covenant giving. And the most important gift and seed is the one that is your heart. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 26. My son, give me thine heart and let the eyes observe my ways. The heart
heart of a man is a seat of his will, his emotions and his affections, what he loves and does, appreciates the most. The heart of man is the determinant of his life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 The heart that is totally lost in the Lord activates his mighty power. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 9 For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth. The whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. So the eyes of the Lord, which represent the Spirit of God and the power of God, they are looking for hearts. What are you looking for? Hearts. Your hearts. My son, give me your hearts. That means that it is not wise to keep your heart away from God. It is not wise. Our heart is directly connected to the degree of God's blessings that we experience. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 to 20. I place before you heaven, uh, I call heaven and earth to, to, to witness today, to record against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse, choose life that you and your seed may live. And thou shalt love, look at that, right after that, look at what he tells them in the next verse, that you love the Lord thy God, with what? With what? And thou, that, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that you may cleave unto him. You cleave unto him. This is a scripture, uh, uh, this, uh, a part of this scripture, Jesus referred to in the New Testament, where he said that we have to love the Lord our God with all our hearts. The first thing he tells us is love him with your heart, before your soul, before your mind, before your strength, before anything else. The seed of your heart. The seed of your heart. Why does God want your heart? Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 30. That's what Jesus said. Verse 30, and you will love the Lord with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Your heart comes first. If he has your heart, do you know what he has? He has your life. He has your life. So if he has your life, is it your money that you keep away from him? Is it your goods that you keep away from him? Is it your services that you keep away from him? Why are people not able to serve God consistently? It's because some other things take the place of God in their hearts. And they become idols. They become idols. So there's a competition between God and them. A man who can give his heart, can give anything, everything. A man who can give his heart, can also trust God absolutely. Absolutely. Look at prosperous people in the Bible. Abraham, David are the two illustrations I want to end with today. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. God said, why must I commit this thing that I'm going to do to Abraham? He said, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? See that Abraham will surely become a great and a mighty nation, and all the nations of earth shall be blessed with him. For I know him that God knows you. I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the will of the Lord. The man knew, God knew that he had Abraham's heart. Where is your heart? He knew he had Abraham's heart. Look at David. David's heart was fixed to, to the Lord. David, even, you know, David wanted to build a temple for the Lord. How many of you know that? The first person who ever wanted to build a temple for God. What do you want to build in his life? Can I ask you a question? Look at me. David was not a priest. 
So those of you think that building temples is just for a pastor. David was a king. His interest should have been building castles and building cities and building factories. But in our nation today, we have people who are fighting pastors saying that why should they go and use a, a formal factory, not a, a, a present factory, a formal factory for a church. Are, are you okay? If the factory was doing well, will it close down? <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. I said, glory to Jesus Christ. If the people who sold the factory were proper, the money that they used to, they, were, they, they received for that place, they would have used to start another factory. So you have no business going to fight a man of God. You have no business going to fight that. And listen to me. If you take away that factory, we'll build other things. We'll build a building that's bigger and greater than that. They took away the, the warehouse from uh, Prophet Manasseh, but they go and look at the city that God has given him. Listen to me, we are not weak. Our God is strong. I said our God is strong. Hear the word of the Lord. You shall experience my strength in ways that you have never known before. After today, set your heart upon me and believe my word. Hear the spirit of the living God. Believe his word. Look at David, Psalm 57 verse 7. He said, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. My heart is fixed. Psalm 108 verse 1. He said, Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Psalm 112 verse 7. He said, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trust him in the Lord. What is the state of your heart? Your heart must be fixed. What does it mean to have a fixed heart? It means to have a set heart. It means to have a steadfast and a confident heart. I want to read Psalm 57 verse 7 in the Amplified Version. Amplified Version says that my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is steadfast and confident. Your confidence, the degree of steadfastness and security you have in God, the God of the covenant, will determine whether the covenant of prosperity will work for you or not. So that God is calling on you. That ah. I want to change your level, and so I want to engage with, me, with you in a covenant by sacrifice. So give me something I've never given before. You see, if your heart is not fixed, you say that hey, this one, no, 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 I, I don't think I can do it. Because your heart is not fixed, so you are wavering. You are wavering. You are wavering. He said, My heart is steadfast and confident. You look in your bank account, and the thing that you want to give, you don't have it there. But if your heart is fixed, you can trust that he will give it to you. I told you that the covenant, the God's part in the covenant is to supply seed and bread. So if you don't have bread in your hands right now, it doesn't mean that God cannot supply bread. Are we together? Are we together? What does it mean to have a fixed heart? It means of a prepared heart. Young's literal translation, YLC, the same Psalm 57, verse 7. He said, Prepared is my heart, O God. Prepared is my heart. I sing and I praise. Your heart that is prepared to engage with God on the covenant terms. You are ready. In fact, another version, the message version says, Your fixed heart is a ready heart. 
that I'm ready, oh God, so ready, ready from head to toe, ready to sing, ready to praise a tune, a heart that is ready. Look at the children of Israel. When God called them to give, the Bible said they were giving and giving to the point that Moses said, it's okay, we have more than enough. We have more than enough. Stop giving, stop giving. We have got what we are looking for. Ready-hearted people. And that is why they keep, they keep prospering. They keep prospering. Listen, we can I tell you something. If God can get even a third of these people over here to have a ready heart, he will do his work. He will do his work. To build whatever he wants to build. A fixed heart is a ready heart. A fixed heart is a determined heart. And the next translation. I am determined, oh God, I am determined. I will sing and praise you. A heart that is determined that I must see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And what God has told me, I'm not going to shift to the left or to the right. A fixed heart is a trusting heart. Psalm 112 verse 7. He said, he said, I'm not be afraid of evil tidings. It has to say, trust in the Lord. So you can trust in God for your financial breakthrough, for financial elevation. A faith heart is not a shifty heart. It's not doubtful. It's not unbelieving. It's not unbelieving. Psalm 1, verse 5 to 8. Oh, sorry, James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth unto all men liberally and upbraided not. And it shall be given to him. It shall be what? So God is a giver. But look at the verse number 6. He said, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive. Ah, but I thought he said that he gives. But he said that there are some people who he will not give. Or rather, they will not receive. In fact, one day I'll teach you about giving and receiving. God gives, but not everybody receives. The problem is never God. The problem is us. Many of us know how to pray, but we don't know how to receive. We don't know how to receive. In fact, the, when I started seeing financial blessings, when God started teaching me how to receive. He said, my son, learn how to receive. Learn how to receive. It was when I started learning how to receive that I started seeing supplies coming to my life. Today, may God give somebody the grace to learn how to receive. I said, receive the wisdom to receive. But when your heart is unbelieving, it's shifting. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in how many ways? All these ways. So his tithing is not stable there. First fruit is not stable there. The giving is not stable there. His service in the kingdom is not stable there. All the time there's something wrong with something. In all these ways. In all these ways. And I'm ending this message. If there's a grave warning in what I've just read, it means that God is ready to give, but you may not receive anything from God. You may not receive anything from God. The verse 7 and the verse number 8. There's a version known as the WMS New Testament. It says, such a man, indeed, a person with two minds, unreliable in every step he takes, must not expect anything from the Lord. A-L-C-N-C. That is analytical, literal, New, trans, New Testament translation. So for let not that person be supposing that he will receive anything from the Lord. That one is a double-minded or indecisive man, unstable in all his ways. Weymouth New, New, New Testament, Weymouth, W-E-Y-M-O-U-T-H. A person, that sort, a person of that sort must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Don't expect it. Such a man is of two minds, undecided in every step he takes. 
message version. Don't think you are going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. So you say that, oh, eh, maybe God's own doesn't work. I have plan B. Exercise doesn't have plan B. God is your only plan. <laughs> God is your only plan. No other option. No other option. The reason why what you are doing for God is not yielding is because at the back of your mind you have said that if God's own doesn't work, I will go and see uh, Mr. So and so and so. Or I'm going to do it this way. It's no heart. It's not fixed. Your heart is not fixed. New century version. The doubters are thinking two different things at the same time. And they cannot decide about anything to do. They should not think or receive anything from the Lord. And then the last one, the Young's literal translation to me, that is the most serious of all. So for let not that man suppose that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Look at verse number 8. He said, a two-souled man is unstable in all his ways. It's meaning a man with two souls. Can you not imagine that? Two-souled. So, it's as though you're having two people living in you. So there's always a conflict. And with all that, your faith will not work. Let your heart be fixed. Place your right hand on your heart right now. God wants to prosper us. As I'm speaking to you right now, I am seeing what looks like a shelf. And arranged on the shelf is articles that look like they are glistening like gold. They are shining like gold. And the angel of the Lord that has been assigned to me tonight to work, he said that those are the things that God has made available for the prosperity of his children. You want to pray that God, give me a fixed heart. Let my heart be fixed. Maybe as I'm speaking, you know that you fall in this category. I'm not going to call you out. You know who you are. Ah, thank you. A two-souled man. Tell you do all. I didn't think you had it. Let's appreciate Emmanuel. A two-souled man. A man with two souls. As you are sitting over here, maybe you have two souls. Today you are going to excavate one. Say, ah, I want to have only God as my option. Ruth, only God. Only one option. Some people are not in church today because they think they have other options. They have other options. But the one that the covenant will work for is the one who has only God as his option. God doesn't share his glory with anything else. He doesn't share his glory with anybody. Oh, that second option will not work. Your two souls will not work. You cannot receive anything, but we are here to receive from God. Place your hand on your chest. Place your hand on your heart. And begin to pray now. Begin to pray now. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website, www.emenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.